In music, like in life, you can't always come out on top. And this is a podcast that celebrates that very fact. Welcome to Flop Stars. I'm your host, Billy Nellis, and joining me, as always, is Greg Willis. Each week, we take an in-depth look at the world of pop music through the prism of one major diva and the biggest belly flop in her career. With the benefit of hindsight, we'll determine once and for all if history got it right or if these women were robbed. Welcome to week eight. Oh my god. This is crazy. And this is a big one. They're all big artists. But They're this, all big. This one, I think, is especially close to you and me. Mize. Yeah. You and me's? You and Mize? This one is one she was, like, on the list of people, but I was very afraid to, <laughs> to like, talk. Th- these last three weeks are all going to be people who I'm very afraid to talk about because of how much I love them, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that does. I um, think that's very fair. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's 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 intense. It's well, like, I think for you and I both, I mean, Madonna obviously was, that yeah. was only second week, but um, this artist, like, we both grew up with her. She's like an icon of the MTV generation. Yeah. I mean, I have vivid memories of being a child dancing in my living room to her records. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like sacrilegious to yeah. say something bad, but I think we, for the reasons we picked this, it's going to be really good to unpack. Yes. There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. But before we do that, in homage to the woman of the hour, um, we're going to kick things off with a little segment I am calling Eargasms. Oh, um, I, I have put Greg to work, like I always do. Always. <laughs> um, <laughs> And in honor of Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, mm-hmm. the woman who can deliver a sex romp song like none other, um, we have narrowed down three of the most bedroom-worthy tracks oh. in pop music, um, and I think it's going to give you a creepy window into <laughs> my life at least uh that's exactly what i thought putting this together i was like oh god people are gonna be like is this video sex too <laughs> but yes we're doing it all for you um oh, you're all getting, on, getting on the puns um would you like to do the honors or do you want me to go first you go first all right I'm, you know i'm curious yeah um because i yes. know i know what this means for two people no <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, these songs are songs that, whether I have actually or (laughs) would want to, you can, we'll leave that up to the imagination. Um, The first one is probably going to seem a little, maybe a little weird to some people. The song Idiotic by Radiohead is like, there's something, yes, there's something about that beat and like Tom's wailing and it shouldn't be sexy (laughs) to me, but it is. I don't know, man. That's a beat, great song. That beat is just, it. it is very, like, it's a song that if I were, like, a music supervisor for, like, a, a glossy, like, primetime soap, I would, like, make a sex scene be, like, s- set to that. Oh, um, I, I don't know. see that. That song has always worked for me. Yeah. My second one comes from the band Kings of Leon. Okay. Um, and it is not Sex on Fire, but it is from that album. Um, it's called Crawl. And, I mean... It's a little raunchy. Um, and it's it, it makes me think of like a night where you have been drinking like one too many beers and you are like throwing each other around the walls. Like that is what the song <laughs> is to me. Um, so there you go. Um, and my third one, a little change of pace, is um, 
a classic jam from Nelly Furtado, Say It Right. Say It Right is probably definitely the hottest song on the album Loose, but which is a hot album altogether. But that song, a little loose. That song, man, it gets my blood boiling. It's good. Oh, so the things I've learned about you. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, your turn. All right. Well, my, mine aren't as pop, I guess. Okay. Well, I mean, they're popular artists or somewhat. Um, so, in terms of boudoir music, I find I'm a really big fan of like trip hop and electronica, obviously. And Massive Attack's music always really sets the mood really, really well. Mm-hmm. It's really sexy music. One song in particular called Inertia Creeps. It's just this like very sensual beat and vocals, and it's just great like background, like lights down music. And mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Another song I picked is kind of obscure, but it's actually from the Go soundtrack. Okay. And it's this artist called Astero with Danny yeah. Saber, who's a producer. It's called Song for Holly. It's like uh, a uh, super sexy song. And it was in the strip club scene in the movie. The Go is, soundtrack. The Go soundtrack is so, so, so good. That was when soundtracks like mattered. And yeah. like people bought I mean, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I owned the Go soundtrack. I love the Go soundtrack. Yeah. I've never seen Go. Oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> oh, it is, and now it is like it's literally twenty years old. It's like encapsulated yeah. in like nineties Katie Holmes. Yeah, Sarah oh my Polly. god, Sarah, it's so good. It's yeah. all about like raves, and it takes place. I in know LA. about it. I, I Melissa McCarthy has a cameo. It. It's there's gays. It's great. Um, <laughs> that is a good song though. That's but it's one. a really sexy song. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so good. Um, and then my last one, I was toss up between like my other mood that sets the mood right is often a lot of Depeche mode because of Dave Gahan's voice but I actually went with a song that's very direct and it's garbage is sleep together mm. it's like uh, she's just singing about if we sleep together will you like me better but mm-hmm. like the, the mm-hmm. beat and the song and the, it's just it's very sexy yes I almost there was a garbage song that almost made my list oh. um, queer and oh, yeah. queer is like I've always told myself this, this is a weird thing to tell myself but I've always <laughs> told myself that if I ever had had to strip that would be the song i would strip i love to. that <laughs> i fucking love that if i ever had to strip queer would be the song that i performed oh to. that was a that's a great strip yeah. club song since i was like a teenager that was like queer, what teenager thinks about queer. that but i was thinking about that. i love that <laughs> oh okay well, well maybe that's the next round is songs we'd strip to. yeah <laughs> we're just gonna get like further down the rabbit really, hole here really well, letting was... you in into our our secret worlds um move <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. As you know, this is a pop music podcast. We don't like to limit ourselves to just one topic. So each week, Greg and I canvas pop music's landscapes for all of its new releases and return in hand with our choices for the pop and flop of the week. And as always, we start things off with the bad news. I was just laughing because I had to look. I, was, I forgot the name of the song, so I had to like relook. <laughs> Do you want to do the honors with how many flop. times i've listened to it um yes so um i'm sure there's a, a, a segment of pop music fans who would uh want to hang me for saying this but oh no um it's the bts and halsey song oh. <laughs> why do you laugh you'll find out is it your pop of the week? Yes. Oh my no, god. It's not my pop of the week, but it was close. I just can't get into it. I'm sorry. I don't, what is it? I, is just, it? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. BTS? And then with Halsey and the song, I just like don't... I mean, look, I actually, I do get it, but it's not for me. Is that okay. fair? Yeah, I mean... I just, like, I'm just like... It's like, I love like cheesy, candy-tastic, manufactured pop music, 
but it's like on another level where it's like okay. I can't get on board. All right. I'm sorry. Um, live I'm your gonna... life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know stock and BTS. I'm not I, hurt. I, I... <laughs> And it's crazy. I mean, I actually think it's cool that like this K-pop band is like everywhere now. It's it's really cool, but yeah. it's still not for me. They were on SNL recently and I was watching it and I was like, huh? That's funny because that SNL performance of that song I thought was like amazing. <laughs> like <laughs> the the amount of choreography to get seven people and sing yeah, like I that. Yeah, I agree with that. But is I'm, beyond. Like, I'm like, is this even a song or is it just like... Well, but is that because you don't know what they're saying? No, it's not even that. I just like, I just like... But what makes it nonsense to you? It's just, they're just bad. It's just bad music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. All right. My flop, um, because I can't keep flopping on Pink, even though her latest single with Cash Cash, Can We Pretend, is a big flop. I It was hard for me to pick a flop this week. There wasn't a lot of music that I thought was, like, bad. But there's this song from... The artist's name is Michaela, but the artist does not exist because Michaela is like the first artificial intelligence um, celebrity of the apocalypse. <laughs> um, yes, look up Michaela if you've never heard of this it. This is a real thing. This is a real thing. This she's like an insta famous complete artificial intelligence creation people interview her as if she is real she like models for people models in air quotes because you can't see what i'm doing the song actually isn't bad like the song is good but whoever the poor person is who is singing it who has to be credited as michaela the person created in the lab by whatever company created this um i am not on board is it like if siri or alexa released a single well no it's like it's a it's a actual actual human voice. voice Like, singing an actually okay song, but this whole, like, creation that I think is just, like, very stupid. What a time to be alive. Ugh, what a time to die. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, dark. All right, good news. Hit me with your pop. (laughs) Okay. Uh, My pop this week is actually one that I feel like she did a song that you flopped in the beginning of this series, but it's the new Ellie Goulding song. It's called Mm. 16. I think it's really cute. I I did flop Flux. I hated Flux. Flux. It wasn't. And I think Taylor and I were talking about this. We were talking about Ellie Goulding and how like, we don't love all her songs. It's always like hit or miss with her. I feel like. Mm. I usually love her. I just hated Flux. Like I like a lot of her stuff, but a lot of her stuff I also like, I'm like, yeah, but this song's really cute. It's, it's interestingly, it sounds like, other songs that sound it sounds familiar mm-hmm. i think like the chorus and that's why i was like is this another song that i've heard maybe i don't know what that says but it says a lot of pop music is very formulaic i think it's a really cute song i'm like uh, i the first time i heard it it was on new release uh friday and i was listening to the playlist and i didn't even realize it was her at first yeah um i was like oh, this is a good song it's cute yeah, so i, I like think it. not knowing it was her and hearing it actually like made me have an unbiased opinion hmm. but yeah it's interesting no, it's really whenever cute. i feel like her voice is so distinctive like i know when it's an Ellie song, she has like that. It, it is, but yeah. interesting. But what I actually find is, I, I since she's kind of blown up in the last several years, I feel like a lot of people have emulated her style. Yeah. So there's a lot, even like BB Rexer or like other singers, kind of do that same kind of inflection with their voice. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. All right. I like that one. What's yours? So as I mentioned, BTS. I had no. It was <laughs> that was. I have an, a list of honorable mentions in BTS. Oh, okay. With Halsey, Boy with Love was one of them. I'll be honest, I didn't like get the BTS thing for like a while. And then I like had to write about them for work and started just like watching performances and like actually listening to the music. One, they're like, their music is, every song is like wildly different. So if you listen to like the, like the EP that came out on Friday with Boy With Love on it, it's called Map of the Soul Persona. Every song is like totally different, completely different. 
Um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they're very different. And, like, they actually, like, this is a whole tangent from BTS. But they, like, <laughs> changed, educate me. They, like, changed the sound of K-pop. Um, because before they existed, like, K-pop was very regimented in what the idols, this is what they call their stars, yeah, their idols, yeah. what they could sing about. And they couldn't really talk about, like, life being hard or that fame was tough or anything sort of negative. It was this, like, perfect shiny image that you had to present to to the South Korean community. They, the guy who who founded K-pop, who put them, to, or founded K-pop, who founded BTS and put them together, wanted something more relatable and so he found these kids and they like they write all of their own songs and all of their music sort of talks about how hard it is to be like a teenager young adult how like difficult life can be to like figure out who you are that's why the the album it's called map of the soul persona like the first song they're like the leader of the group rm who raps it's all about him like trying to figure out who he is it's very interesting like very fascinating like uh, a way that they've sort of sort of shifted their culture and because of that they've become like so massive because it's the first time that a k-pop group has spoken to korean teenagers korean young adults in a way that they like actually relate to and aren't just like being forced to aspire to instead um well now i feel bad for shitting on no (laughs) but the more you know (laughs) um so that's an honorable mention another honorable mention um and i will i think we're going to talk about her in a second is a song that came out today yes um from i didn't pick it because i knew we were going to talk about yes um, I didn't pick it either. Um, we will get into it in a minute. But Madonna featuring Maloma, Medellin, one, two, cha, cha, cha. So good. We'll talk about her in a sec. Um, but my pop of the week comes from Mark Ronson and Leaky Lee, Late Ooh. Night Feelings. Um, the the uh, title track from his upcoming album, not the lead single that was the Miley song, but the second single that's been released from the album's coming out, I think, in a month. But the song is just so good. It It is like, uh, it falls into that realm of like robin-esque club club yeah. beat with emotion <laughs> track i mean late night feeling sort of tells you exactly I what this is to it. i haven't heard it yet um it's so good I if you like Leaky mark lee. ronson and if you like leaky lee you can't go wrong with it we're going to see her i know in june i'm very excited very excited, very excited. oh that, i have to check that out oh my god i'm really i love that miley song too i mean mark is like you know a lot most of the things he does are great yeah i'm That's excited a good for one it. before we go to break let's talk about some news this week Madam X. Oh my God. Did that, when I saw her post that, like when she first posted that little video about, yeah. about she, and she's like, I want to announce that my album is titled Madam X. And she started talking about like the different personas that she is. That Madam She X is, is a cha-cha dancer. Yeah. She is <laughs> she, a spy. She's a nun. She's a whore. <laughs> I was like, yes. It's like, this is Madonna. If you haven't noticed in the last couple years has just, I mean, th- thanks to social media, she's just like, she's pretty, a kooky lady. Yeah. I um, think she has like zero fucks to give. She, honestly, and why should she? Right. She's like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And at this point, she's like, everyone has eviscerated me so much. Like, what do I care? Right. And I've been excited to see what this album's going to be like. She's been in Portugal. What is this influence? Is it going to have some <laughs> Portuguese Latin influence? I'm so excited. Yeah. It's and I real. mean, it's happening. If, if Medellin is any indicator of what is to come, I think I, I was, I will say like up until the song came out at 9, 9 a.m. this morning, we're recording this on Wednesday, April 17th. The song came out at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And like the minutes leading up, I was counting down and I was, just, I was nervous. Like I had like a knot in my stomach because I was like, what if this is terrible? Like what if this is like, bitch, I'm Madonna? Like what if this is something that is just like kind of embarrassing again? But it's not. 
it's not an embarrassing song. It's like this really, it's really, it's much more like chill than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It does, like you said, have like the Latin influence that we sort of expected there to be, obviously. That I hoped there would be. Yeah. Obviously with Maluma there, it would be kind of strange if it didn't. <laughs> of course. Um, I like that it's bilingual. I, it's just, it's a really cool, like, little vibe that... You sent it to me, like, right as, as soon as it was released. <laughs> well, because so... I was at work, and I was just, like, literally, like, my stomach yeah. was twisting into knots waiting for it to be released. Because, you know, it's like, there's one of the... There, there's people who you love so much, and you you don't want them to fail. You root fail. for them. You want it to be good. But they also, like, she's like a live wire, and you never oh, know yeah. what she's gonna do. But the, like, the track list, the Wikipedia page already has, like, the writers attached to the songs, and Mirwais, who wrote Medellin with her, is, like, on a majority of the tracks. American Life. Um, yeah. So, there is, there is a lot of promise here. I'm very excited. And, uh, and it's coming out June 14th in the middle of Pride Month because Madonna yes. loves the LGBTQ community yep. so much. She is our patron saint and we love her for this it. This honestly might be a sequel in a way to the American Life album in terms of concept and sound. Yeah. And I'm very excited about it. And the album covers out, yeah, June 14th and, uh, I can't wait to hear more. Hopefully it doesn't get leaked like Rebel Heart did. I know. Hopefully she has someone protecting <laughs> yeah. her masters a little better. All right. And with that, we're going to take a break. and We'll be right back. The year was 2004. Kylie Minogue was taking it slow. Christina Milian was dipping it low. And Ashley Simpson was stepping out of her sister's shadow. And for a one Janet Demita Joe Jackson, it was time to dance. That's right. For our eighth episode, we are talking Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, and her eighth studio album, Demita Joe. Ooh. Yeah. Did that's you like that one? That's a good year for music, actually. <laughs> yeah. I liked that a lot. Christina Milian made me laugh. <laughs> Kylie Slow is so good. Yeah. Um, um, this, was, is, this is a big deal. Yes. Uh, as you know, if you've listened she is among my coven. This is a this is a big one for me. But let's talk about our top before we talk about the album. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on the album. Let's talk about Janet. Let's talk about our top three. What are your? I'm interested to hear what your top three Janet Jackson songs are. I've always loved Janet. Yeah. Um And I I try to pick like songs that kind of represent her different decades. Okay. Um, because she's been around forever. And yes. I mean, I really credit her as being like. The re- it's like Janet and Madonna, basically. Yeah. The reason why all modern female pop stars do what they do. Mm-hmm. Janet, more so for like the dancing and like dance choreography and videos. That is like Britney. I mean, is a direct. Yes, direct like, descendant. Descendant of <laughs> Janet in terms of style. Um, so I'm going to start with Escapade. Uh, it's like a classic old school Janet song. Mm-hmm. It just like gives me life, makes me feel so good every time I, I hear it. I'll hear it like in a fucking Target or Trader Joe's and I'll be like, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So good. I get so excited. Um, and then I'm going to pick uh, from the Velvet Rope album, which is like m- my childhood. I get so lonely. Oh. I mean, I love Together Again, but I get so, I just vividly remember watching that video on MTV over and over and over again. And like, it was so, it's so, um, it, it emotes so much feeling and i just remember like that was the first time i started really like acknowledging i don't know a lot of things for myself okay and uh i love that song Aww. um and then the last one i'm gonna pick is actually from the discipline album that's the <laughs> her future pop from 2008 that i love it's the song the lead single feedback Ugh. 
It's so good. Something like a heavy, like a first day period. It's yeah. The video is amazing. The song is like such a. It's like a really good like gay club (laughs) track. Yeah, they always just want to go like I wanna so good uh, just uh, gives me life um yes a varied mix but now now i want to know because you i know janet's a big big yeah for you so what are your faves how did you choose these this was this was <laughs> fucking impossible you texted me being like this is you're like get ready and i, I listed like six and then it's, i was like you need my email honestly like this morning i was listening to the all for you album and i was Ooh, like yeah. i could pick five from this one yeah. album yeah. <laughs> it was very hard uh, my first one is the obvious choice. I've talked about this song and its video before when we were talking about Coven's um, it's Rhythm Nation. Mm-hmm. It spoke to me before I realized what it was saying. The album came out in 1989. I was three. <laughs> I would t- make my dad take me to Blockbuster and rent that music video. It unlocked something in me that I wasn't really even able to acknowledge for right. much longer. So that song is just forever in, in, in my own personal Hall of Fame. Um, my second one comes from the All For You album, and it is Son of a Gun. <laughs> <sighs> Girl. <laughs> Playing Son of a Gun back today for the first time in a while, and I was just like, god damn. Like, with the Carly Simon-like stuff mixed into it, it is just... <laughs> Talking about the clouds in her coffee. That song is just such a fucking good kiss off to a piece of shit man. And I love it so much. And my third one comes from the Janet album in 93. And it's If. Oh, yes. If. If. If only. <laughs> that's, that's such a good song. If is so good. If yes. It is. It, it is like. What I like about these three is there's so many different sides to Janet. Totally. Um, But these ones are very like the woman in control and the woman <laughs> and the woman who um doesn't take any shit and like i just the demita joe album is not very much of that right it's so um, sensual. it's much more it's much softer and and like we said she's a, the queen of a, of a bedroom track but these ones just like the power in them is what sort of has always like spoken to me because when i when i'm looking for a pop diva to love you think about madonna you think about janet i love them for their power and i love them for just like the strength that they imbue and the sort of the strength that they give me so those those are my three those are, those are good ones. So, oh, there's, I mean, I, we could just sit here and name all of our favorite Janet songs for an hour, <laughs> right. honestly, because there's so many. But we shouldn't, because that would bore people. <laughs> so, moving on. Before we get into Demita Joe, let's talk about, as we always do, where she was coming from before the album. Um, her her <laughs> album prior was 2001's All For You. Huge. It's mentioned huge. It was the 12th best-selling album of that year. The title track was number three on Billboard's Hot 100 for the year. The album was massive. It had the best opening week of her career. It was her fifth consecutive number one debut. It had the second highest first week sales for any female artist in the history of Nielsen's SoundScan. Wow. That song and that video were, were everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you have the hits. You have All For You, Someone To Call My Lover, which is so good. That guitar, that sample of that guitar that opens that song is so amazing. Um, Son of a Gun, Doesn't Really Matter. Um, just like huge. Fun fact about the All For You album, she worked with some people whose music didn't end up making it onto the album, and two tracks that were written for the All For You album ended up going to Britney Spears, and they were I'm a Slave For You and Boys. No way! Fucking swear to God. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I... 
what we were just saying earlier. Brittany like could like, does <laughs> Janet. I yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I could yep. totally see Janet doing those songs. Yeah, the original and, for and her. her like voice, her soft voice. The tour for the album was 2001's third most successful act. She toured through February of 2002. It was watched on HBO. It was like a massive success, the tour for All For You. Um, And after the tour ended, she considered putting music on hold to pursue other career paths. She'd like just done the the clumps, which is... um, (laughs) Doesn't Really Matter was for that and then put on the All For You album. But she ultimately began recording again and over 18 months, which is the longest ever in her career that she spent had spent recording one album, she spent working on Demita Joe. And what's crazy is there's like a trend in these albums is that this one is a massive mix of collaborators of people who she never worked with before. Yep. Because she nearly exclusively worked with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Mm -hmm. who were credited with like her breakthrough for her her third album in 86. The Control album was the one that sort of pivoted her out of just like the shadow of her family and the girl from Good Times to being like a woman here in music. That was the album that I would dance to in my parents' living room on vinyl. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yeah, she'd worked almost exclusively with them up until Demita Joe, And then she really started experimenting and bringing more people in. The, the list of people, Kanye, before his album debuted, is making music. John Legend's, like, first song he ever wrote. She's worked with Babyface, Scott Storch, Telepop music, which I think is so cool. So they fascinating. a lot of the interludes. Yeah, yeah, that's really all they ended up doing Scott on the album. Scott Storch. Scott Storch, Dallas Austin. Because the album took so long, it ended up really shifting it's so interesting i didn't know this the original direction was house music and electro clash she was going for hard-hitting dance music which... oh my god i i was reading about that it said that she was working with basement jacks yeah. and like richard x and dfa which is james murphy from lcd sound system i would have died billy that was like all the music i was listening well to so here's the thing is do you think that there are tracks that there's somewhere? gotta be stuff out there, there must be i mean those were the acts i was and th- we talked about this a little bit before like this time in this era i was like all about dance electronic music yeah i wasn't really listening to a lot of music like this at the time so if that if janet was doing that then <laughs> i would have flipped out but it's so interesting that that was the and that's what they were teasing as the initial direction and then it kind and that's where kind of oh it's going to be very dancey up tempo and then what we got was there's it's still pretty dancey yeah but not not to that degree not at all. and not even to that description i would say i not wouldn't at all. i wouldn't no. use it but I mean, it, I guess if she spent eighteen months, it's clear that there was like it kept changing directions. She kept changing kept... her mind, and she's she's the one to say that she hates deadlines. She does. She likes she's she yeah. likes to like make up you know work on things and tweak them and change yeah. them, and that's how she operates. And the album incorporates this idea of these personalities, which mm-hmm. is the first time she's really ever introduced these in her music. Demita Joe is one of them. Strawberry is another. Mm-hmm. Um, she just I have a quote here, her describing them. Demita Joe is a lot harsher and quick to put you in your place. She doesn't sit and ponder about stuff where I'll go, should I or shouldn't I? She's tougher than I am. And that's probably the personality I respond to most. <laughs> um, and then there's Strawberry. She's the most sexual of them all, the wildest. Um, before the album could be released, though, <laughs> there's a massive, huge elephant in the room that we have to talk about, and that is the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, boy. Imagine if this album was released before. <sighs> Super yeah. Bowl halftime show is February 1st, 2004, and it is a date that will go down in infamy. Don't think we really have to tell you what happened, but we will. You can watch it on YouTube. Too. Yeah. It, um, funny enough, that halftime show is the impetus 
for the creation of YouTube. The guy who created YouTube created it because he couldn't watch that moment (laughs) on the internet. He couldn't readily find it. And he created the software and the platform that would become YouTube because of this moment. Pervs changed the face (laughs) of the Changed the world. Um, Did you also, this is so funny to me, do you remember that there were other people in that halftime show? No, I don't, because that's all I went and cared about and talked about for years and years and years. Yeah, Jessica Simpson, P. Diddy, Nelly, Kid Rock, we're all a part of that show. Welcome to 2004, everybody. (laughs) We're all a part of that show. But all anyone remembers is the end of it with Justin Timberlake and Janet on stage singing Rock Your Body. And he had her naked by the end of that song. I mean, he put his hand on her breast and revealed, exposed her breast on camera. And it looked, it looked as though he took a part of the outfit off, which yeah. they called, which was the, how they coined the, term the wardrobe, wardrobe, malfunction. wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. Um, so much came from this. So moment. much came from this. Well, the aftermath for Janet in particular that is brutal is looking back now, fucking so just drives you mad doesn't it it's insane cbs was fined cbs was the broadcaster who was airing the super bowl that year the um fcc goes after cbs because of all of the complaints from the prudes of the 143 million people that were watching when her breast was exposed america this is america um cbs is fined as result they retaliate against janet and what's interesting is after the fall of les moonves who was the chairman of cbs um and he was taken down um in the me too era recently and this some reporting came out about how much he went after janet after this because of it and cbs is owned by viacom who also owns mtv and vh1 and they also own the infinity broadcasting um, radio group of radio stations, and as a result, Janet Jackson was blacklisted everywhere that mattered. Yeah, everywhere that mattered, Janet Jackson was blacklisted, and Timberlake was not. Which is the part that drives me the most crazy. I mean, on one hand, yeah, like, yeah, it's ridiculous how prudish everyone was reacting to having it like a half of a second of an exposed breast on national television. Right. When, like, look at regular television in any other country; it's just a body on CBS that airs like seventy-five shows where people get murdered every night. Exactly. It's just the hypocrisy is, and the fact that Justin is the one who pulled it off, and we all can, we all can talk about this forever. But like, he got zero. You yeah, know, repercussion from this, well, but 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 Janet being like one of MTV's like most like iconic stars is banned from the network. Yeah, and no radio play to promote this album. It, it's madness. It's insane. It's insane to think about it. It's insane to think that if you're going to punish someone, that you don't punish both. Ex- well, exactly, and also it's like. If that was genuinely like a malfunction and it didn't, and she didn't intend for that to happen, he ripped it off of her. Right. <laughs> so it's like, how is it her fault? Well, so when when Moonvest fell and the, the reporting came out that sort of shed more light into how intense it was, the reporting said that Timberlake went to him and sort of like bent the knee and gave him the apology that he wanted, whereas Janet wouldn't do it. Janet, like, kind of, like... Janet wouldn't apologize for it, because she knew there was nothing to apologize for. And she also kind of, like... But Justin threw her under the bus, yeah, and, like, Justin tends to do to women in his life. (laughs) Threw her under the bus. He was allowed... I think... I can't remember. He appeared at an award show, like, pretty quickly thereafter and joked about it. It was, you know, the same sort of thing he did to Britney with... Crimea River, he is able to use things to help him while like stepping on the neck of a woman in in the situation. I'm not I'm not a fan. And then he got <laughs> he got to get his own Super Bowl halftime show several yeah. years later. 
Yeah, and didn't invite her back. And at, then at that press release made a jo- or at that press conference made a joke about it too. That there would be no wardrobe malfunctions He's this time. Ass. He's an asshole. So the first single from Demi to Joe, just a little while, literally released the day after the Super Bowl halftime show. So that's how this whole thing gets kicked off. Is with that it's sort the of timing of it is crazily unfortunate. Yeah, it's terrible. It becomes her lowest peaking single in twenty years. Well, it, I mean, I had never even heard it. I never, I, and that's probably a testament to the fact that that it wasn't know, anywhere it to wasn't hear. Promoted on radio, it was banned from MTV. You know, and it's funny because nowadays that wouldn't matter. You, we just we stream everything. We get every every new song that comes right. out the day of. Back then, you know, if you didn't hear it on the radio, if you didn't see it on MTV, if you how didn't would go you find it? Buy the damn CD in the store or the single at the time. I, I used to buy CD singles. Yeah, me too. How would you know that right. this song was out? I mean, internet was barely a thing. You could like you know go on like your real player and play it or something. <laughs> 2004 maybe i don't know maybe we had limewire and kazab yeah we did but um but even so like you know that but you had to know what it was to go find it you had to know what it was you couldn't go sample read about it in rolling stone it wasn't like you know it wasn't as accessible as it is now right um so there was i I never heard it i never heard the song i like i said i wasn't listening to this kind of music as much at the time but obviously a lot of the other songs you mentioned earlier i was so um that's that's crazy the actual because i never thought about it but the actual impact that that the her repercussion from the Super Bowl had on yeah me even knowing this album yeah but prior to the super bowl the and prior to the blacklisting just a little while was like one of the most pre-requested songs at radio stations there was fan anticipation for it this was expected to be like her biggest album because she was coming off of all for you which was massive for her she's coming off of a massive tour to the super bowl prior to the super bowl the expectation was that the super bowl would make this be the biggest right. moment in her career and instead it 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 isn't it became the catalyst for her career ever since really. right she's never been able to yes. really come back from it metro weekly there's a quote from metro weekly they likened it to american life yeah um they said it's doubtful jackson planned the super bowl stunt to be quite the reveal it was she also didn't count on the backlash a backlash that has actually caused her the same fate as madonna public apathy to her music and yeah i think to to a great portion of people it was like that's the only thing that they remembered they weren't looking for it and radio wasn't helping. MTV wasn't helping. MTV, who who she helped for so many years, it's turned crazy. their back. It's crazy that these giant media conglomerates, yeah, an artist like Janet Jackson, would just stop playing her because of one little incident that happened. And I you mean, look at the video for just a little while. We just watched it yeah. before we came in here. And that video, she's like one. Crazily enough, she's wearing the outfit that she was wearing you, in, you in the Super that out Bowl to me. in the wild. in in the moment, which clearly was planned for there to be like the visual connection once the video came out. Yeah. But unfortunately, then the visual connection is oh, this is the thing that that famous her boob outfit. fell out of. <laughs> But the video is like she has a tripod set up and she's like sending DVDs of herself oh, dancing so to her boyfriend. Time. It's so, but it's so like it's so prude. It's there's nothing sexual about it. There's nothing, but that they're like, nope, we won't play this. I know this is blacklisted. It's, it's not like like Madonna's like a prayer video or something that like. Not that it's I understand so that. Innocent. Janet music's Janet's music always like it's sexy, but there's it always sounds like wrapped in like very lots of innocence and kind of sweet. But it's actually <laughs> like when you really get into it, it's like ooh, it's like sensual. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the way she sings it, so it's it's so not offensive at all. But yeah. I don't think that's the point. The point was like they were making an example of her. For they were punishing reason, her, and they were trying to appease like the Puritans, Puritan society of America. That's just like oh, we won't we won't be having that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to see that. <laughs> 
Um, I just imagine like a bunch of people in the Midwest being like, oh, boobs. Oh, dear. Yeah. What will the children think? Not talking like that, probably. The album was released on March 30th. Um, There's only one other single that was released before Demita Joe was released, and that was I Want You, Mm. which is the ballad. We watched the video for that. Um, That's the one John Legend wrote? John Legend. That was like one of the first songs he ever wrote for anybody. Wrote that that for her. Well, I guess it was 15 years ago. Yeah. It was a while ago. The album debuts at number two, so it's the first. So it still did well. Janet is still like at the top of her fucking game. Debut at number two, but when you've had five consecutive number ones to debut at number two, probably stings. Um, Sold 381,000 copies in its first week. Um, Wow. But I mean, think about it. At the time, this is 2004. That's know, not th- a lot. It's Janet Jackson, though. Like, she's still, even this this controversy, controversy? <laughs> controversy aside, she's still, like, at this time, one of the world's biggest stars. Yeah. Speaking with Billboard in 2006, when she was promoting her follow-up album, she said, a lot of people said they didn't even know the project was out, and I think that had a lot to do with the response. Yet a lot of fans in Europe came up to me saying they absolutely felt it was my best album. There were all kinds of reactions to the album, and there was obviously a lot of drama surrounding that album as well. This, this quote, I loved this. Christina Aguilera... I was just about to say this. I thing. loved this quote. I, read, I was just reading Christina this Aguilera thing. talked to people about it, yeah. and she said, Demita Joe is a good album. I love that album. Janet never stops giving you what you want. She's an artist that will always be regarded as one of the best. Like Madonna, she's reinvented herself a lot and kept a connection with her audience. The whole Super Bowl thing ruined her reputation with the media and pretentious prudes, but who cares about them? She's still doing her thing. Oh my god. Well, and then to add to that, um, at the same... I love that Christina was being defending the album, by the yeah. way, and is acknowledging that it's a good album. I love that Christina has always been supportive of like other creative projects from other female artists. Um, uh, Lindsay Lohan at the time also said yes. she was she would dance and sing along to Demita Joe while she was uh, filming, mean, filming girls. mean Girls, and she would like listen to it. Ba- like, and she also went to the the uh, the launch party, the for release the album, party, which isn't okay. I have this: the release party held by Virgin. They gave out gift bags that. <laughs> had nearly $18,000 worth of merchandise, mm-hmm. including a membership to a gym and double-sided tape to keep clothing in place to avoid wardrobe malfunctions. Which, I, that is so, just the best. That is so this, funny. This, what that means to me is even if that was like her her team or whatever that did that or somebody who put it on the event, it just, what it represents to me is that Janet, like you said, wouldn't apologize. She's actually like, making a joke of it she's yeah. like it's funny like well, this happened like, i remember she's like, not, she like, went this happened whatever she hosted snl she either hosted it or was the musical guest and was just in some sketches like probably in may towards the end of the, the season after the album had come out she was on it and the opening sketch what she played condoleezza rice Ugh. and it was like condoleezza speaking to it's giving some speech and you could hear it like they would like just play like her inner monologue and she like wanted to it to end and didn't know what to do to like stop having to like be in this moment and she just rips her her shirt open and pulls out her boob and that was like how and then it was like live from new york at saturday night so she was like mocking it on saturday night live yeah. immediately thereafter so she like it wasn't a big deal to her even though it did like really ruin the momentum of her career i mean it, it, it's but you have to you have to like later, do that with it der- yeah of course but like it really it, that really moment really did derail yeah the rest of janet's career and since then i mean she's never fully recovered in terms of being at that l- level of no like, superstardom she was and i think the the shame of it is what it does is it removed her from the pop culture conversation at a time when the internet was taking over and there's a whole generation of people who came up on the internet who weren't exposed to her because she wasn't relevant enough because of what this did and so there's like 
kids who are maybe five years younger than us to 10 years younger who don't know about Janet or really care about her. That's insane because, to me. Because of that. <laughs> that's insane you know? to me. Like, I think that's like the truth. And I think that that's why we're the uphill battle even today for like continued relevancy when she releases music comes from because there's just like a demarcation of where her audience is. And true. And but that I, I and will say this, you know, despite of all the, the albums that she's done since then, maybe not doing as well. Um, when she tours, it's she still pulls in the crowds right. because she's Janet Jackson. Yeah, and, and because like, the people who have the money to go to the tours are the people who are adults. Who well, like exactly. And I saw her last tour, and it's basically, and she does the hits, and it's basic. She has so many, and it's like it doesn't matter what she's done in the last several years from you know different albums or whatever. Like she's going to draw the crowds because she can because she's Janet. And yeah. and, and it, the most recent album she does, like Madonna, when Madonna goes on tour. A lot of people are not going to... It doesn't even matter about the album. It doesn't matter about the album. It's just it's just that. It's just it's a chance just, to see her. Exactly. Yeah. Funny enough, I found this quote, too. Someone at Fox News was even defending Manit... Janet... Manit? Whoa. Manna? <laughs> Someone at Fox News was even defending Janet Jackson, which huh. is baffling. But Roger Friedman of Fox News said, One thing is certain, however, Janet is being scapegoated for her Super Bowl wardrobe malfunction. Imagine that MTV, where illiteracy and lewdness thrive most of the day, would banish Janet's new video because of her, quote, reputation. Who are they trying to kid? Of course, MTV is a corporate cousin of CBS, where the original snafu happened. But that's just a coincidence. This is Fox News, like, trying to get their two cents in about CBS and Viacom. Yeah. And yeah, anyway. Um, but hey. Yeah, that, it's it's broken fascinating. Broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> that was one. It's fascinating that a moment like that really caused so much harm to this superstar's career. But... But the the immediate impact on you know the fact that she had an album lined up that she recorded for eighteen months and was ready to release. Imagine what had what would have happened had this album been released prior to the Super Bowl and it had the normal promotion and airplay and you know um, yeah press that it, that her other albums would have had a lot of these singles that were so critically uh, well received and they would have been probably massive massive, massive hits. hits. Well, that's I mean, that's what. When you look at reviews of this album, this album was not a flop because people didn't like it. Like, it really wasn't. Like, right. Blender, artfully structured, unapologetically explicit, Demita Joe is erotica at its friendliest and most well-balanced. This hour-plus of tantric flow even erases the memory of Jackson's clunky Super Bowl breast-bearing. Her lyrics, though hardly avoiding familiar sex talk, meld common exhibitionism with convincing intimacies. Jackson brings bliss back to a subject that too many dirty-mouthed toddies have made tedious through overexposure. The Village Voice raves, Demita Joe starts off bold, but as the album proceeds, it gets realer, mostly whispered softcore by the second half, even when it's, uh, when it's love songs, per se. Call me immature, but I figure there's never enough good sex in the world. In a culture inundated with oh. dirty pornos, Demita Joe is good sex. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. a sexy album. <laughs> I think aside from it being critically well-received and praised... I know you said it was number two, not commercially. It didn't, wasn't bad. It did. It still sold pretty well. It sold over a million albums in the U.S., you know, three million worldwide. Yeah. At the time, I know music sales are higher than they were now. But I think the reason why we would, we, we added it to this show is because of the relevancy of the reception of it, this particular album as the first album after the Super Bowl incident and kind of what's happened. I mean, we honestly could have picked a lot of basically any album since then from yeah. Janet. It is considered a flop because of what it could have been. Exactly. And because of what it was on track to be yeah. before this thing happened and she was made the well, villain of Well, what this it was thing. anticipated to be by, I think, not only critics, but her 
and her team. They, yeah. I think they were expecting they they had a great body of work that you know other artists are not acknowledging, and it still it was very well received. I think it's crazy to think of the of the world through our pop culture lens. Had that incident not happened or not been a big deal at all, mm-hmm. you know, this might have been one of her biggest ever. Yeah, it's insane. But we should talk about the actual album. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to start with your perspective on it because you, as you told me, didn't really you didn't know you didn't know the lead single you didn't know much no. of it. Well, and and I really think that looking thinking back to it now because I am a Janet fan. I've always loved Janet. Like I said, since I was a little kid, I think it's a testament to the fact uh, that what happened. It wasn't promoted. I didn't really hear a lot about it at the time. It wasn't the way that we consumed music. Admittedly, at the time, I wasn't really. I was listening to a lot of like indie and electronic music and not as much pop in 2004 yeah. but what i do remember is the all night don't stop song i don't even know that i that i attributed it to a particular to album. album exactly i remember seeking that song hearing that song seeking it out seeking out the video because it wasn't readily available at the time and that song is just a jam and <sighs> i i resonate with that song so listening to this album now that song sticks out because it's it's so good but it also doesn't it's it's sounds very unique compared to all the other tracks in the album, at least from my perspective. Um, And so similar to some of the other albums that we've discussed on the show, (laughs) you know, while I acknowledge it's a good album, it does sound like it's in 2004. It doesn't sound as timeless to me as other Janet does just in terms of like, this could be any era. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably attributed to the fact that I didn't hear it at the time. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's bad. I just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of songs that I listen to that I'm like, "Mm, this wasn't like the kind of music I was into at the time. So it's still like, it's not maybe in my head and it's not for me, but there's other tracks that I think are really, really good. And I'm kind of like, these could be on other Janet albums or, or I think a lot of them are just like classic Janet. Like a lot of the songs on Demita Joe are the kinds of songs that you would expect from yeah. her yeah lyrically production wise just kind of like the interludes that's such a janet <laughs> i feel like janet like did she not just like invent the interlude because that Probably. is like a, a that is like a staple of a janet album well i feel like the interlude is it's a very hip-hop thing to- and, oh, and it was like in the 80s it was a hip-hop thing it, you had like skits in between songs that was like a mixtape thing that was like what like people who weren't even on like labels were like doing that was just like that was a very hip hop thing. Did, yeah. But I definitely think in in terms of pop music and in on, on a major pop culture level, yeah, I would say that like because she started doing the interludes with the Rhythm Nation album or maybe even with Control and and she stuck with them ever since. I remember I remember there were the interludes on and Vogue's old albums. I oh, remember yeah. the interludes on TLC's albums and they were always so fun to listen to because they kind of prepared you for like what's next. Yeah. And on this one in particular what's really fascinating what I loved in and listening to it and learning reading about it is like you mentioned earlier that French duo the electronic group Telepop Music um and 07 actually was approached to help write some of these interludes. Yeah. Um, and so it has that very kind of electronic, chill, vibey feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it launches into this more kind of how I mean, how would you describe the sound of the album? Because I think it's very sensual. It's very, it's soft. very sensual. I think it is definitely her most forwardly sensual album. Yeah. And in the fact that I think that it is it is the most uh, thoroughly sensual, whereas most she's always had that um part the, as a part of the mix of her sound but i feel like demita joe is like from beginning to end just very very sensual very sexual very soft 
um i mean there is that like midsection of the album where it, it just is like breathless whispering <laughs> it, it's true yeah and, but and she's she's the queen of like singing softly yeah like that is what she does her voice is very sweet and and, and almost tiny in a way and and but that's but that's why we love her is yeah that, is that signature janet whenever the interludes occur particularly in this album i always think about how awkward it must be to be in the booth recording those interludes (laughs) because it's one thing if you're like performing a song and you're like really turning on the performance for the song with the music and everything Mm -hmm. but when because i'm sure that the music underneath the interludes wasn't there when she's recording that i'm sure that that gets put in i i would assume I, i don't know how interludes work but I'm just I'm just thinking she's just like in there in a booth. There's like five men looking at her and she's like talking about, I just, I love the islands. <laughs> Anguilla's my favorite island. Like, she's like, Danita Joe sounds like a country. Not the Danita, but the Joe. My mother was from the same. When she talks, it sounds like she's like lying in bed with you. Yes. Like you listen to Demita Joe or any Janet album. Even if she sings like this, you think she's like Janet's lying in bed next to you. She's just whispering softly in your ear. She's like... She's like, oh, my favorite thing to do is to yeah, go to the it's, island. It's so, there is an intimacy You're right, I never thought it. about that. That it's has super to be so intimate, But it must just be so weird to but record But maybe, maybe she literally sits in a bed in the booth and like is recording lying <laughs> down and just like... But I always, I also wonder like, are they scripted or is she just like... It sounds like it could be a little of both. Maybe she has like a, an idea. Like an or, idea. Or maybe like someone prompts her like, hey, talk about because this. Because especially for this album, the interludes really work to, to introduce like the next sort of like yeah. theme because there is like, there is the section that is sort of an islandy totally the beginning of it is like the more straightforward just sex and then it goes into the very like sensual like sex with the moist and uh i hate that warm but that's a good song actually (laughs) um with those ones and then it comes back around to like this more loved up feel out of like the sensualness and And it gets a little up tempo at the end yeah and so the interludes do sort of work to narratively guide you through where what's what's like thematically coming next that's i want to say i think i think that's kind of usually the intent for those it's it's kind of because it's kind of like it breaks it up into acts right yeah and that's and that's what um we've come to know from her i mean she did the same thing on the velvet rope album and discipline and all for you to to go back to you know when you're asking me about listening to this album it took me a few listens to honestly like really like you were saying these different groups of songs to really identify this individual songs because when i listened to it at first kind of in the background it just kind of all melded together yes yeah um and that's why the song that i knew and loved all night stuck out like so well uh one of the less positive reviews from bbc music says that they say um while there's nothing outwardly bad about demita joe at 22 tracks over 65 minutes your attention to start to wander and you almost forget it's playing but after a third or fourth listen the slick grooves of spending time with you and island life gain more identity and i i will say that i it's it's hard i don't really remember my first listen because i definitely got this album like when i was a senior in high school when i came out and i don't recall like how i felt about each track but i i can see that that i mean that midsection all just sort of becomes one thing yeah but i it almost is like that feels intentional and it almost feels like that's not even like a negative because it's just this like long like she wants thing. to get lost in the music yeah a little bit. like that you're just sort of like in that in that headspace for like 14 minutes yeah. of the album and it just changes songs while she talks in between sort of like a rock opera on, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. feel like there's an intention behind it. Um, it's the axe. Yeah. Do you, oh man, when you were just saying that, do you remember the pure joy of getting a new album on CD when it came out from one of your favorite artists, you go to the store you, or you get, you get the CD, 
you unwrap it, you hold it, you oh, you listen to it for the first open time. The, it was like open up the booklet, look the through bo- it. The booklet was read the lyrics like while you're listening to the music. There's nothing worse. Yes, I remember that. that I love it. Like There's nothing worse than opening it up and pulling out the booklet and there really not being much to the booklet. You, you're just like I want more pictures. I want pictures. I want the <laughs> lyrics. I want. I was always just so bummed when it was just like it was like one. Is page like very cheaply itself, done together. Like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah, like give me like some turning albums out. <laughs> I that feeling I'm so sad that that doesn't exist as much anymore. I yeah. mean that was there's such like a special like relationship to buying physical music and enjoying and really like listening to an album start to finish and enjoying it and not just like you know clicking through a playlist that you're streaming. I mean I love how accessible music is now but when you just said that, it just it just brought me back. To but like, yeah, you, I remember there's so many albums I remember like physically buying. The accessibility of it has has taken away that relationship that yeah. you can develop with an album or with even with i mean i guess not with a song because i think that still exists but with an album it has it has eroded what an, it means to make an album completely. fully and completely yeah. um but yeah it does it it is sad that that's sort of lost and it's crazy to me that there are people who will never even like experience that. have that feeling yeah. or like know what that is because they like wouldn't even know what to do with a cd <laughs> they wouldn't or how to play one right it's, I don't it, even. Well, no, actually, I do have a CD player here. You don't even like have them <laughs> on your computers anymore. No, no, I know it's it's crazy. It is. I still have a CD player too, and I still I stopped buying. I'll say I I kept buying CDs until probably about like 2011. That's a long time ago. I mean, I I literally only buy a CD now if it's like an absolute like collector item must for like one of my favorite artists. Like I have to own it because it just to support them. But why would I otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. No, I kept buying CDs for a while. Well, we were talking about... Let's we talk got about, sidetracked. Sorry. No, I liked it. Memory lane. You talk about All Night. What other songs in the album do you enjoy? What other songs stand out as exemplary? From- yeah, so I think these are from different parts of the album, too. But I really liked um, My Baby was a really good one. Okay. I think it, I really like the melody of it. Spending Time With You was annoying at first to me, the first listen, but I actually got, got into it. <laughs> okay. Um, but one of the ones that I really love, and it's probably really obvious, is called Slow Love. Okay. Um, and interestingly enough, it's, I keep looking at my notes, it's produced by a British producer called Tommy D, who also did a lot of work with Kylie Minogue and Sophie Ellis Baxter. Sophie Ellis Baxter. But interestingly enough, he was the one that produced that Right Said Fred track, I'm Too Sexy. Oh my God. Yeah. So he's like a house music like legend in wow. terms of like, or music producer, I guess. Um, and I was like, oh, of course, that fucking makes sense because this is the dance track on the album, the one of the other dance tracks. And yeah. It's really cute. I love it. It's toward the end. That's why I said the end of it is more upbeat. Yeah, it um, is. But All Night still uh, sticks out to me. I mean, even the lead single, Just... Um, just a Little While. Just a Little While. I, I just... I never even heard it at the time. I don't get it, I guess. I feel like <laughs> All Night should have just been the lead because it's such a killer dance track. But, um, and but that's... I'll- all Night was the third single after the album even came out. Which is crazy because it's yeah. the only one I ever I ever heard. Um, I think probably because there was enough t- there was distance. Time. Yeah. I just remember, I don't know why I, I got so into it. I just remember when it came out. All Night, I think, was the song that got me into the album, too. I So I was, I graduated in this spring of 2004. Mm. Um, and I went to performing arts school. I, I danced competitively. Um, and I always, I, I, didn't i didn't do hip-hop but um we had this amazing hip-hop team that competed with the dance team that i was on that was more like um lyrical and contemporary and i just there was this dance that they did in our like spring show that was a medley of 
NERDs, she wants to move and all night. Oh my god! And Very it like it started word. with I think it started with all night and then went into she wants to move. One of the, I can't remember the order, but I just remember one. I was like bitterly jealous that I wasn't in this dance because it was so good. <laughs> I could see it. You're and like, and I just um I think that was like how I found all night was mm-hmm. the the guy who choreographed it who choreographed for them. Um, he was a senior at the school when I was a freshman, and he came back and just like worked as a choreographer with the with that team. And he clearly had the Janet album for I did and used the song for the choreography. And I was just like, this is so fucking good. And so whenever I hear it, it like takes me back to like watching that dance and like being obsessed with it and wanting to be in it and like being angry that I wasn't good enough to like do hip hop because I was a skinny white boy. <laughs> oh, sure I, you are. That was uh, No, I wasn't. Um, but so I, that song, and it's just, it is, it is like the apex of the album. It is like the, you know, I think it's what is one of the best songs. I love R&B Junkie. I really love R&B Oh, I Junkie like that one too, actually. I wrote, I wrote that one down too. Um, yeah. I, I like do, I, Island Life, it, it is one that grew on me, but over time it has become like one that when it gets to that middle and it like wakes me up in the Island Interlude because there's like the song before it that I don't really like. Um, Maybe that's a, I, I do love I do like that interlude that you were doing earlier the island one yeah uh, what are the other ones that, that you're like that are your jams I really like Strawberry Bounce because it feels like vintage Kanye West production it's sample he's sampling Jay Z in it like it just feels it, it is very 2004 like it is very early that, Kanye completely um, yes. and I think I think what what makes it feel stuck in 2004 is because it sounds like early Kanye. Yeah. And he, he abandoned his sound rather than let it evolve. And so I think that that's what keeps it stuck in time because that's he fair. is an artist, like didn't, he just changed, you know what I mean? Yep. Completely. So it's sort of like crystallized in time. Like the mosquito in Jurassic park is just stuck in Amber and it's just there. <laughs> I also think I don't, I don't care for him now anyway. So it just like leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I don't care for him now, but when he started, he was, everything and i i like like you don't love me i like that one a lot i like that sort of mid-tempo one mm-hmm. um what songs would you cut it's it's a, it's a long album it's a long al- I, I mean to be honest i don't remember all the songs that i didn't like because the ones i will the few listens like i mentioned i listened to the album several times and i kind of like it took me a while to finally really you know identify the different tracks yeah, that yeah. i really liked so then i just would listen to the ones i liked so i think a lot of the slower ones probably i didn't really listen to very much the more the times that I kept re-listening to the album, I liked the the very first, the opening interlude. It's not even mm-hmm. an interlude because it's an opener. But the next song, Demi to Joe, I don't care for it. Okay. So I skipped that one. And maybe it's because it's like I kept hearing it over and over again as I, when I first played the album. But I also, I always think it's kind of silly when like the name of the album of the artist is the song. I yeah. don't know. It just kind it. of was weird. And actually, funny enough, I... Don't think that I put two and two together that this was her her middle name <laughs> for the longest time. Yeah. To be honest, I thought it was a nickname. Yeah. Well, she she talked about that. I think when this was coming out, that she didn't like she didn't like her middle name for a long time, and so this was sort of like her like reclaiming it in a way because um, she thought that Joe came from her dad, and she has a very oh. intensely negative. We haven't even talked her about her larger family. And the I fact think that she is from the Jackson family. And yeah. all I'll say is this, how Janet has kept a really good distance from yeah. the rest of the craziness of her family for a lot of her career. And that's why I don't think we do associate her with the rest of the circus as much because she really has stood and held her own 
without she's never really been in the shadow of her brother it's all it's just been janet yeah well she broke out of i mean she was like until control and that was when she fired her dad um she got her own manager um i mean she, in your and i's memory you know what I yeah because I mean? I the first two albums i don't even know right like i truly don't know anything from them control is really where her career began and i mean when you look at 20 yo was the celebration of 20 years of control not of the start of her career but of her third album which is i think what she thinks of as the start of her career mm. she has been able to sort of remove herself from the family in a lot of ways when you listen to the stories that that latoya has told about like, say. what what their father did to them yeah as as michael jackson has come back up in the news again and is is such a contentious topic for the allegations against him i think a lot of people are like janet needs to speak about it janet needs to like say something which one i don't think is fair because janet is not responsible for anything her brother ever did um two janet is also a victim of a childhood that was robbed from her that was robbed from her and was a victim of her father in ways that i don't even think michael was um, if yeah. you take what Latoya has said to be fact, and it's just it's really it's fascinating that she has been able to to remove herself as Levy Neverland has been part of the conversation this year. She hasn't spoken about it. She hasn't come to his defense. She hasn't spoken out against him either. But she hasn't like joined the chorus of the family to defend him. I do think there are some people who who don't like her because of the family. I had a conversation with somebody in the last week or two who really. It was a very challenging conversation in what they thought about what she owed us based on what her brother did or might have done. And I find that an interesting, an interesting point of view that I don't find entirely fair, but I think that point of view exists in some people. I think so too. And you know, it's, I think that that point of view shared with what we talked about earlier in terms of like the backlash to her, the Super Bowl performance or just all of these things that maybe the general public has negatively negative views toward her as an artist, as a person, as a female, as a famous member of a famous family, which is really unfortunate because I think when you take all that away as an artist and as a pop icon, like she is so amazing. Yeah. And it's all this, this surrounding noise that I think she probably just doesn't want to have to deal with it. So she just removes herself entirely from it. And here's maybe the, an unpopular opinion, but I think Janet Jackson is a more enduring and prolific artist than her brother. Well, that's a bold statement, but uh, considering her career is obviously, you know, been, I don't even and, if he even if he hadn't died, I think if you look at the last like ten years of his, I, that's what I was about life, to say is like, he, he wasn't had doing to, anything on right. par with her. He just was like the icon and like the king of pop, and you know she, she had. You're right. She's consecutively every few years released albums since her career started. Um, Michael had a long time where he didn't, but he also you know went through a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, the end of his life was very tragic and for years and it's really sad uh, because when you do look back at him, despite everything that's happened and that's come out, um, he was like uh, a superhuman, like a complete prodigy. In yeah. Music. Um, and that song that I said was one of my favorites a few, few episodes ago scream that they did together. What, what like a landmark moment for the two of them to come together and do a song like that, that, never happened again i i totally get what you're saying like janet has endured the test of time and been kept herself relevant uh despite you know the the downfalls that she's had setbacks that she's had you know she's we're still talking about her and she's still releasing new music she's still going on tour selling out arenas i mean she's janet jackson yeah 
Well, let's take a trip to Drag Corner. Okay, let's light, <laughs> lighten it up a bit. We got really, we're, we're defending our girl, you know? We grew up with this woman. We went really deep there. Let's take a trip to Drag Corner. Um, every week I try and remember, is it Fuchsia? Yeah, of my character? Yeah. Yeah, Fuchsia Delicious. Fuchsia Delicious. And okay. yours is Anita Mann. Yes, yeah. What would what would Fuchsia perform from Danita Joe? Oh, she would she would do All Night Don't Stop. Okay. But she would uh she would uh just make up her own choreo. <laughs> It'd be really bad. But no, I mean that's like it's such a great drag song. I would love to see a drag I would love to see a lip sync for your life yeah. to that song. But the interesting thing about that song is because it's Janet, it's kind of hard to sing along to because it's really about the beat. It's yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like it is. How would some you of the do lyrics that? like you can't even tell what she's and saying. because sometimes she sings so softly, but she at the same time while she's singing so softly, she sings so fast. It's fast. There's like an intense syncopation that is like right like, on the intense the intense beat. Yeah, it's like how would you do that? How would you do that? It'd be amazing. There is so much I think really interesting composition to a lot of her music that I think people like overlook a lot. Agreed. And don't give her enough credit for. Yeah, it's very unique, and she doesn't. I think she probably doesn't uh, get acknowledged because she doesn't always sing very live. Yeah. Because she's fucking dancing her ass off. It's all about the show. Yeah. And for a long time, I think people would give Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis the credit for her work. And I, I read um, something. I was looking through some quotes and there's someone who was funny her and it was like, well, most of Michael Jackson's thriller was Quincy Jones, but no one gives Quincy Jones the credit for thriller. They give it to Michael Jackson. So why don't we afford Janet the same respect and say that she chose these people. She works with them. They don't create her. But we do that so many. Like, I, just, you always hear like that, that female pop stars must be products. They must only. And it's true, they sometimes are. But the same way that like male pop stars are also sometimes products. But when you're Janet Jackson, I don't think you're being controlled. I think that you are in control, and I think that we don't give her that cre- enough credit for that. I mean, she she really is one of the most unique artists mm. like, of our generation, and she truly is. I mean, I will defend this to like you know, she is the reason why female pop stars have the careers they have now in terms of the videos they do, the dancing they do, the style of music. I mean, she the sexuality like she spawned so much of that. Yeah. And yeah, but yeah, you have to give her credit. I mean, no one else sings like her. That's signature Janet style that I kept keep bringing up. It's so like you, as soon as you hear it, you know, it's Janet yes. Jackson. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's no one else that could possibly be. Yeah. Um, yeah. My choice. I need a yeah, man. Sorry. What's, what's your drag choice as we just keep going into these deep no, topics. I like it. Um, <laughs> Anita would probably also do all night, but sex exhibition is like a close second. Oh because yeah. Okay. It's just, I think it's funny. And I like that she says, I want to take you on a sexcapade because it goes back to escapade. escapade. And, and I like, I, like that. I think the name is, is the name of the song is, is funny. Yeah. All right. Well, before we, it's almost time to render our verdicts, but we've, we've talked a little bit about afterward, after this album, what life was like for Janet and, and the tour. There was originally a tour announced. The tour ended up never happening. Right. Cause of um, the backlash. Uh, it was that she said that she wanted to, she postponed it to focus on the 2004 election because she said, she, quote, we need a Democrat in the White House. It didn't happen. And she went to, to work that, but I think that was uh, an excuse. Yeah. Um, and then after the election, she um, began working on 20YO instead, came out in 2006, um, again, was boycotted, was blacklisted. Um, it's so crazy. And can we, so we'll, we'll tell our listeners, we 
were going to choose 20YO for this podcast, but we realized it's, of all the Janet albums, probably the one album in the last 20 years that literally has zero hits. Yeah, like there I don't even, nothing, I couldn't pick a song off I couldn't off name it. one song on this album, barely remember it coming out, likely because it wasn't exposed to us at all, but... You know, when you see the title, you almost think it's like a greatest hits album. Yeah. Because it's called 20YO, but it's actually a studio album. Yeah. Um, and we didn't pick it because we didn't actually think it'd be that interesting to talk about. And I think it's more interesting to, to reflect on Demita Joe being more relevant and after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but she did, you know, she did continue to make, she's continued to make music every few yeah. years, every couple Discipline of years. Discipline comes out in 2008. Love Discipline. Um, it marked her return to number one, a debut to number one, it's a but it was her album. lowest first week sales of these three. Well, I think that talks that that goes back to kind of the direction yeah. music sales was going in. But uh, Discipline 2008 is a future pop record. It's very futuristic. Is the, is the entire theme? The interludes are very like she's like in space. That's like the theme of it. Yeah. Its feedback is it's Luv. Love. It's uh, Roller Coaster. It's Rock with You, which is a great song. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of at the time when, like we had talked about in other episodes, Gaga was starting out. Christina's Bionic was about to come out. It was that era. It was the first album that she didn't work at all with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. You can hear it. Yeah, you can totally hear that. They're nowhere in that album. After the album, she she leaves Island Records because she felt they didn't promote it at all, which they didn't, or not very well. And she takes a really long break. Um, she went on tour for after Discipline, though. Yeah, I saw that Rock with she you did tour. tour. She did all the hits. Great. Um, she takes a long break before she even releases any more music. In the meantime, she ha- um, has her third marriage in 2013. Mm-hmm. She marries um, Wissam Almana from Qatar. And in 2015, she releases Unbreakable. She reunites with Jam and Lewis for it. Um, it debuts at number one. It makes her the third act in history to have a number one in each of the four last decades. She's the third person to accomplish it. Um, and I, Unbreakable was really like a, tr- a return to form. Unbreakable yeah. is a good album. It's really, really good. I mean, it, 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 it again, it flopped. It, it speaks to, I think, like just the positioning of her relevancy yeah. in in the youth's mind but it's a great album uh, it's Listen so to it if you good it's so good and it really there's so many nods to like early michael like she references a lot of like his sound as well and it's the first album she made since his death um oh, right so it was like she she does sort of reflect on him in her own way in that uh, the title of the album alone i mean that says a lot yeah that song with missy elliott <sighs> that's so good so good she has her kid she has her baby at 50 has her baby um, and then quickly leaves her husband. She's got the baby. Gets the hell out of. I'm moving out of Bahrain and wherever she was living. She's like, I'm moving back to the States, getting my half from you and the, my kid. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. And then this year, inducted to the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Finally. And in uh, in a month, she starts her Las Vegas residency. Isn't it nuts? She I, When that was announced, I was like, yes. There's. Yeah. I'm conflicted. There's so many of our favorite pop divas doing a fucking so Vegas money. residency. I want to see Gaga. I want to see Christina. I want to see Janet. I don't it's have too much, fun. ladies. Space it out. <laughs> I space, don't have yeah. the fun. Do space it out. It's, yeah. This is the moment that like that uh, is the thing to do now, right? Like uh, Vegas is a is a spot, and there's a lot happening there. But yeah, she, she did her. Um, she had an Unbreakable tour that she started after the album came out, but then, then she, she canceled it and rescheduled the dates, and then it became the State of the World tour. Yeah. And, and you saw that, right? I was fortunate to see that at the Hollywood How Bowl. How was that? It was amazing. It was yeah. two nonstop hours of the Hollywood Bowl of 
all your favorite Janet, and she had the red ponytail whipping it around and doing all the dancing. And then she did for Rhythm Nation, she brought out all of her dancers, because she's at Los Angeles, from like all of her videos and tours, including Jenna, uh, Jenna Dewan. Dewan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can talk. Um, and they did like a 20 minute long dance <sighs> break. It was. Can I tell you what? Insane. I I, and I was like in the last row, StubHub tickets last minute. Like, I am not missing this. <laughs> I've never seen her live. You have, next time, we, we have to go to Vegas. I That's know. just it. I know. I know. We need to. Your birthday is in. <laughs> when is your birthday? September. Yeah, there. All right. The time has come to render a verdict. I'm interested to see which, which way you're going to go. <sighs> okay. I want to hear yours first. I'm not, it's not a flop. I don't think it's You're a not, flop. Here's the thing. It's not a flop because it's, it's, I only say, I, oh, I'm going to go both ways. It's, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a flop because I don't want it to be because she doesn't deserve that. It was supposed to be a giant album. It was still a good album for me. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't listen to it. It sounds a little dated admittedly, but I can't, I, I actually can't flop it. Yeah. I can't flop it because it, it was critically well received. It would have been a big hit. The songs are good. It's Janet Jackson. Of, I don't want to flop it. Of anybody who we have discussed on this podcast thus far, this is definitely like the one where it was only a flop. Like it, we're only talking about it because of something remarkably unfair to the yes. artist. You know. So it's like in a perfect world, this shouldn't have even been uh, a possibility. This right. shouldn't even have been that. You know that. It should have been twenty Y you know twenty Y O would have been the flop, but, if, but or who even knows if that would have flopped? You know, but what I mean, it's it boring been... to talk about that album. This yeah. is more interesting. But even but there's 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 a parallel universe out there where none of those flopped because yeah. this didn't happen to Demita Joe. Well, and the albums may have been different as a result, right? Of that everything. Too. Who knows what could have? Who knows? who knows what could have been? Unfortunately, we never will, and that is like the true injustice to Janet Jackson. She's unbreakable. She is. She's proven it. All right, kiddos. There you have it. We, I, I got him to say not a flop, and I feel like <laughs> you're, you are sure. I feel like I have won. <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, if you like what you're listening to, please rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, tell your teachers and coworkers, whoever you come in contact with every day. Um, and if you want to hear the music we've talked about or the good stuff, at least, um, be sure to check out our companion podcasts on Apple music and Spotify. Um, the links are in the episode descriptions, wherever you're listening to this podcast and tweet us at flop stars pod. Yeah, if you want to have any, if you have any, you know, debate opinions, us. debate us. Yeah. If you have any, uh, tracks you want to send our way or just comments, um, we love hearing people's reactions. Yes. It's fun when we get to talk to you. Um, and we've got, Two weeks left. Oh my God. Two weeks left of season one. We'll be back soon. Um, is your favorite next? We're running out of faves, so it oh. might be. We'll see. Bye, guys. Bye.